Hey, it's Emily Williams here, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 161, Why Slowing Down to Speed Up Equals More Success with Dr. Greg Wells. So I'm going to share a little bit about who Dr. Greg is, and I'm going to tell you why I'm so excited about this episode. So Dr. Greg Wells is a performance physiologist, a researcher in translational medicine at the Hospital for Sick Children, and the CEO of Wells Performance, which is a global consulting firm. He's also the author of The Ripple Effect and Superbodies and his newest book called Rest, Refocus, Recharge. He's a sought-after speaker and a regular contributor to The Globe and Mail, CBC, CTV, TSN, and newspapers and magazines around the world. And I first met Greg at an incredible event called the Titan Summit, which is run by Robin Sharma. He was one of the speakers. He and Dr. James Rouse, who you've probably also heard on the show, were um, two of the most inspirational speakers at the event. And James and I were blown away by Greg's knowledge in all areas of health and performance. And I admit, in just a few minutes, you'll hear me share that I was blown away by Greg, but I didn't expect to be blown away because back then I was not focused on my health. I was not focused on slowing down to speed up. That was not even in my vocabulary. (laughs) But what Greg shared was really powerful. And it really struck me that the science behind performance and behind you know, me getting a good night's sleep, me taking care of my health, me slowing down to speed up was really essential to to help me transform my mindset and make me a believer that this work was really powerful and actually was essential to my success. Because up until that point, I just thought it was all about hard work. Now I know that there's a recipe to success and it involves resting, refocusing and recharging. So I really wanted Dr. Greg here to share a bit more about his experience, why it matters that we slow down and we take time to recover. And I wanted him to hopefully encourage all of you listening to make that 1% change that's going to obviously accumulate over time and be the difference maker. And whether you have a sustainable business, whether you have long-term success, whether you actually achieve your goals, because we all know that there will be no business, there will be no relationship, there will be no career unless you are thriving, energetic, healthy, happy, all of the things that we all want. So I hope you love this episode. Let's go ahead and dive in. This episode was sponsored by the I Heart My Life Mastermind. The I Heart My Life Mastermind is perfect for you if you already have a business and you're looking to scale. We cover tons of different topics. We cover marketing strategy, revenue planning, team processes, everything you need in terms of mindset, high performance, really taking care of yourself as well as your business, events, publicity. We literally have seven coaches under one umbrella to support you and give you the answers to all of your burning questions. We host regular weekly workshops where you get your personal questions answered. We have retreats. You have a private Slack channel where you get to ask questions 24-7. You have an extensive resource bank that helps you put in place our cash method in your own business and much, much more. This is one of the most inventive programs around. I don't know anyone else offering the service that we provide. So if you are interested in growing your business and transforming your life, definitely book a call with us to learn more. Go to iHeartMyLifeBooking.com and learn more about the I Heart My Life Mastermind. 
Welcome to the show, Greg. I'm so excited to have time with you today and for our audience to hear all of your amazing wisdom and the information that you have in your incredible new book. So welcome. Thanks, Emily. It's great to speak to you again. I miss you guys and it's good to reconnect. So it's awesome. Yeah. So you were on the show a while back. My husband actually interviewed you. And I just want to let everyone know the impact that you've had on me as well. We met you a few years ago at the Titan Summit, which is an incredible event hosted by Robin Sharma. And I remember afterwards coming up to you saying, like, this is not normally my cup of tea, but everything that you shared was incredible. And I had to stay and listen to it because you were totally captivating and speaking right to me, who is somebody, I'm somebody who is definitely, um, a workaholic and has a hard time (laughs) (laughs) resting and recharging and all the things that you talk about. And so, I mean, it was a wake up call for me to hear everything that you shared from that stage. Oh, right on. That's awesome. I'm glad, you know, like it's so cool when you get to do speaking events, but then actually to connect with people afterwards and become friends and learn about their lives. And so I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to get to know you and James and, uh, you know, to have a chance to talk to your community. So I'm really glad that it had an effect. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I picked up your book after James went on and on and on about it, of course. And I'm really grateful to have this time as well, because I've actually been talking about health and recovery a lot in 2020. And it's not something my audience is used to hearing me talk about. Because like I said, I at the beginning of building my business, I was working 80 to 100 hours a week. I'm one of those people where I can work 12 hours straight. And I don't mean to say that like I'm wearing it like a badge of honor because it's not. But that was my natural tendency. And so this year I invested in a nutritionist and a trainer. I've been focusing on protecting my sleep. I've lost 15 pounds. And so there's a lot of big shifts that I've been really honest about. And so our community is getting more and more excited about taking time off, about resting, about all the things we're going to chat about today. So I feel like they're primed and ready to go. Right on. Yeah, it's a good time. It's good timing. And I think the whole world is feeling a little bit burned out right now. So I think that timing is is perfect for you and everyone else to kind of come to this realization that we just can't keep trying to do everything all the time. And it's the, it's the oxygen mask analogy, right? Like you got to put the mask on yourself before you can put it on other people. So I'm glad that that you've landed where you are and hopefully we can inspire a few people to come along for the journey. Totally. So can you take us back a little bit and share a little bit of your background and what led you to create a book like this? Sure. So um, competitive swimmer growing up, broke my neck when I was 15 uh, in a swimming accident down in Florida. So, you know, rehabilitation, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Ended up returning to swimming, uh, kind of ranked roughly top 100 in the world. Most of my friends made the Olympic team. I did not, unfortunately, but it was fun swimming all the way through college and doing a couple World Cups and stuff like that. Took kinesiology as my undergrad, left university eventually and started a business right out of college, which did really well for a few years, but you know, hit the ceiling of that pretty fast. Went back to school for a master's and PhD in physiology. Uh, worked with the Olympic team during that time as a physiologist can, and then went on to do a couple postdoctoral fellowships in biomedical engineering and respiratory medicine Had sick kids in Toronto general hospitals in Toronto. Um, I'm now a scientist at sick kids doc at you um, and, and was a professor at U of T commentated the Olympics in 2010, 2012 for Canadian television that led to writing books that led to public speaking that led to consulting. And that's kind of where I am today. And the latest book really what's called rest or focus recharge 
came out of a previous book that I wrote called The Ripple Effect, which was about sleep, eat, move, and think. And what people were getting in touch with me about was like, they're like, Greg, this is a great, you know, we love this stuff. I wish I could sleep more. I wish I could exercise more. I wish that I could eat better. I just have no time and I'm so tired. And I realized that the answer was just helping people to actually incorporate this stuff into their lives because they're just so busy. And the whole idea behind Rest or Focus Recharge was slowing down in order to speed up and providing people with the scientific foundation to justify actually slowing down, pausing, breathing, taking a break to enable them to be able to move forwards. And this is hard for me. I'm like as type A as they come, um, you know, a achie- high achiever, all those sorts of things. So I had to learn this as well for myself. And it's made a huge difference in my life. And the more that I dig into the science of it, the more I'm convinced that it's the way that most of us need to go if we really want to reach our potential as human beings. So I feel like for a lot of us, we've been programmed to think that hard work equals success. And so taking time off, resting, focusing on sleep, all of those pieces, it's not necessarily natural. And so having that scientific proof backing up and and really understanding what the results are going to be when we put this in place, at least for me, that, that that's made, you know, one of the biggest differences, because I now know why this is so important. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think that hard work does get us to a certain point, the hustle, 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 go, 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 you know, that that is necessary at a certain point in our, our growth, but we rapidly reach the ceiling of what that can offer us, we end up being burned out. So it's not sustainable long term. So the game, I think at that point becomes trying to figure out how we can shift. And the science behind the the neuroscience behind that is super fascinating. So when we're in hustle mode, we're basically creating a state inside of our brains that results in what's called beta brainwaves. They're electrical patterns that move through the brain at a certain speed, 16 to 30 Hertz, if anyone cares. And uh, we can actually measure that with EEGs on, on the head. And that's your hustle and sort of execute mode. It's totally fine. We all need that to get stuff done. You and I are in beta brainwave mode right now for sure. But the problem with that mode is that it's fine, but it's extremely stressful and you can only sustain it for so long without experiencing burnout, anxiety, depression, etc., which the whole world is struggling with at the moment at scale. And if we slow down just a little bit, if we calm down, if we relax just a touch, then we slow down the electrical activity in our brains and we enter into a different state called alpha brainwave states, which is sort of, you know, eight to 16 ish um, cycles per second or Hertz. And that's in alpha is when we can think about how we think, learn, reflect, be more strategic. So it's sort of like, you know, it's, it's called metacognition. It's sort of thinking about how you think it's a point. It's a, a state in which we can learn and plan. If we slow down a little bit further from that, if we relax even deeper then you enter into a state called theta brainwave states. And that's sort of four to seven Hertz. And that's where we're creative and we can ideate and problem solve and think in an agile manner. Super cool. If you go to even slower than that, sort of one to one to four Hertz, that's when we're sleeping. And the slower those are, the deeper that your sleep gets. You don't want to go any slower than that because then you die. But basically 
when we slow down and relax and give ourselves the space and time that we need, we can actually change the state of functioning of our brains and open up new possibilities in terms of what we're able to do. And like I said, hustle, 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 go, go, go. We'll get you to a certain stage. But then you need to be strategic. Then you need to be creative. Then you need to problem solve. And it's these other states that enable you to go to a new level and perform even higher as you get further along in your career or arrive at different places in your life. Yeah, I remember at one of the events, I believe it was the the more recent one, you were telling a story about a problem that you were trying to solve. And ultimately, you solved it by just going out and you were on a hike or something. I think it was a, a big hike. It wasn't just going out. You well, know, it locally. was an insane hike. That was crazy. <laughs> All right. So th- this is funny you brought this up because this is like just pure suffering leading to anyway. Um, so yeah, we were out in Ecuador and we were training to climb Chimborazo volcano, which is the furthest point from the center of the earth, considering the equatorial bulge, it's two kilometers higher than Everest. It's not the highest point above sea level, but it is the furthest point from the center of the earth. And one of the days we were out training, so we did a six, seven K hike around the mountain up and down through the various different levels. It was pouring rain. Um, so I was, you know, in my gear and there were six of us in a row. We were, you know, ice crampons and everything like that on the glacier and stuff like that. But we were just moving in a rhythmic, repetitive manner for hours. And so I was staring at the back of the head of my teammate in front of me, Sarah Thompson, who happened to be finishing her master's degree at the time on MRI imaging of um, patients with malignant hyperthermia. But anyway, there was a problem with the physics of what she was doing. And I can't do physics normally. But in this moment, staring at the back of Sarah's head, as we were just moving through this training session in hypoxia, in the rain, you know, long six hour hike that we were on, it was so hard. But, you know, that rhythmic repetitive movement got rid of everything else that I was thinking about. And as I stared at the back of Sarah's head, I started to think about the problem that she was facing with her research. And was able to start deconstructing some of the issues. And actually, after about two hours of sort of doing physics in my head, was able to figure out what we were doing wrong with her analysis, which ultimately we had to address when we were trying to get this thing published in a research journal at the time. She'd already finished her master's at that point. We were trying to publish her data. And so, yeah, it was really wild that, you know, getting myself out into nature, getting myself out and away from the computer, walking, and, you know, rhythmical exercise and, you know, being doing something that's challenging enough to drive all of the other thoughts out of my head actually enabled us to think deeply about a topic and see things in an entirely new way. So I could understand exactly what was going on with the way that we were analyzing some of her MR data. So yeah, that's, um, that's an example. Now you don't need to climb a volcano. You can just go for a walk in a park and get the exact same effect. So we can all access this. It doesn't have to be, you know, hypoxic and in the rain. You can just do it on a treadmill if you want. Yeah, that's good news. <laughs> and so why does that happen? It's because the brain, the the, cha- the state of the brain changes? Yeah. So, you know, when we think about mind-body connection, the interesting thing is that when we're in beta brainwave mode, we're hustle, 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 go, go, go. The body needs to be energized. We know that when we exercise, the brain comes to life. We learn better. We do better on tests. And so if when we sprinkle physical activity throughout our day and don't just sit at our desk all day long, our mental energy improves, we can hustle and focus and get more stuff done. 
if we are doing ref- alpha brainwave work, um, learning, reading, journaling, strategic thinking, that sort of stuff, the body actually needs to be still. If you think about someone deeply immersed in a book, they're frozen, literally, right? So that's how we operate when we're in alpha. Theta brainwave states, we are actually benefit, we actually benefit from rhythmic repetitive activities. So daydreaming or ideation or sort of eureka moments happen when we're in the shower, for example, and rhythmic repetitive water is hitting, you know, that that stream of water is hitting your head and you're sort of, you know, maybe rubbing your eyes and the water's hitting you and you're just sort of, you know, waking yourself up and then boom, you've got this new idea. Or you go for a walk in the park or a long bike ride works really well too. Um, you know, when you're out there and it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes in, you're just walking and you're sort of, your mind is wandering and all of a sudden, boom, you've got this new idea. So different physical states are able to influence our mind and open up our brains to new ways of operating that might be different from what we're used to normally doing. So yeah, it's, it's cool when we can activate the mind body body connection deliberately. Yeah, I love that. My best ideas tend to come when I'm straightening my hair. So I guess that's repetitive movement as well. Perfect. I don't know because I don't have any hair anymore. Like I'm losing my hair. So that's really cool. I'm glad that that's happening for you. Definitely not happening for me because my 10 year old daughter reminds me every single day that um, I'm losing my hair on a weekly basis at this point as I approach 50. So (laughs) whatever works for you, it's all good. And I want to talk about one of the things that you just mentioned that we don't have to go out on this epic hike to get the results that you're describing or the benefits. And I love in your book how you talk about just that 1% tweak and how that's going to make such a difference over time. And you actually talked about going out into nature and it doesn't even have to be, you know, an hour. So I'm curious to know if you can share a little bit more with the listeners in terms of what nature does, what the benefits are, and, you know, how much time. Um, they should be striving for on a daily or weekly basis. So cool. I mean, there's so much stuff that we're learning about the positive effect of nature on our bodies and our minds. There's an entire field that originated sort of in Japan that is a spreading around the world. It's just the idea of forest medicine and how when we get into nature, it almost facilitates us dropping out of beta brainwave mode and down into alpha, certainly, and maybe even theta, depending on what you're doing. And we also know that being in nature improves our immune system. It keeps us healthy, which in this COVID-19 era has never been more important, or it's certainly always been important, but now we're hyper aware of that. So we know that if we're in nature once a week, that we inhale molecules that trees release, they're called phytoncides. And when we inhale these molecules, it activates our immune system and strengthens our immune system for up to a week. We know that being in cold water, might be therapeutic for people struggling with depression. We know that being around trees and nature and fractal patterns that we see, so chaotic patterns in our field of view vision-wise improves our mental health. So the idea is really just to expose ourselves to nature as often as possible. And that can be trees, that can be water, that can be mountains, be anything. It can sometimes even be beautiful artwork. That's why having great artwork in your home is such an amazing investment doesn't even need to be artwork and just can be photographs of your vacations or beautiful spots around the world. You know, on my desktop right now on my computer, I've got a beach scene from Nicaragua on my, on my iPad, I've got a mountain scene from British Columbia in Canada. And, you know, um, I've moved my family for the winter and we're in a spot on a mountain in the forest. And so, you know, I'm looking at my window right now at trees and, and the mountain essentially. So 
we've made a huge investment in trying to get ourselves into and around nature as much as we possibly can. And it doesn't need to be the beach, doesn't need to be a mountain. It can simply be a park. It can simply be a screensaver. It can simply be a piece of artwork. Like it doesn't need to be you know, massive. But of course, when you're on vacation, or you're thinking about a vacation when someday when we're allowed to travel again, uh, these are all definitely things to think about when you're choosing places that you want to spend your time and your life, especially with those that you care about the most. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I had no idea about the screensaver effect. That's awesome. Yeah, really cool. Like if you look at an image, a picture of a nature scene, apparently it will reduce, it can reduce your blood pressure by three to five points, which is sort of like one to 2%. If you look at a nature scene with water in it, it, re- it reduces your blood pressure even further. Uh, so yeah, definitely like curate where your desk sits so that you can see outside, get a beautiful desktop image going get some good artwork on your walls, print a few photos, put them up there, but create a visual space that's beautiful for you. Like stick a little plant on your desk. That works too. So all sorts of things that you can do there that can make a difference. I love that. And one of the other things I was really um, obsessed with in the book is your recommendation for time off. And one of the things that really captured my attention was, I think you said three days without electronics. I'll let Mm -hmm. you share all of this. But James recently had a phone like crisis. (laughs) We thought it was a crisis, but his phone didn't work for a good five days. And he ordered a new one, but it wasn't in stock. And so he had to wait. But it actually ended up being like the best thing for him because he realized how addicted he was to his phone. And he was so much less stressed, um, you know, not having a phone. And so I recently have seen the effects of what you teach. So I'd love for (laughs) you to share this with the listeners. Yeah, like losing your phone can sometimes be the best thing once you get through the initial heroin withdrawal. Effects. Yeah. <laughs> I had that happen as well. This year I dropped my phone in a lake and it killed it, but it took me three or four uh, days to get a new one. Um, and it was a glorious three or four days, right? Like yeah. I was totally fine. I didn't need it. It hurt because I'm addicted to it. But ultimately what I would love for everyone to think about is, a, is the one, two, three rule. I would love for you to spend an hour a day with no technology doing something that benefits you. Meditation, yoga, walking, hot bath, reading a book, truly don't care, but something that's good for you, that helps you to grow, that makes your life better, that does not involve technology. Uh, and I, by the way, I'm a huge fan of tech. I've got an Apple watch on, I've got an iPhone on my desk. I've got an iPad going here. I'm on a computer. Like I leverage technology like crazy to enable me to do more work and to serve the people that I, I want to serve. But at the same time, I recognize it has a negative effect upon me. Even, um, not Steve Jobs, uh, Tim Cook from Apple was interviewed on Outside Magazine's podcast this week, and he spoke about the fact that he's learning how to spend some time away from his devices. And he's head of Apple. Johnny Ive, who designed the iPhone uh, for Apple, wouldn't allow his kids to use one because he knows he knew about the powerful effects that it could have on us both positively and negatively. So I'm a fan of tech, but I'm also learning to give myself a break part of one of the reasons why we're out here in nature right now is getting away from things. And the second step of the puzzle, so it's one hour a day. The second step of the puzzle is two days a month, which is basically one weekend a month. Turn your devices off and give yourself a complete tech-free weekend. You will be shocked at the amount of time that you have to do other things 
when you're not mindlessly scrolling through your phone and checking your email for the 80th time that day. And then the third component is three, three weeks a year where you take a real vacation and unplug completely. So it's one hour a day, two days a month, three weeks a year, decompress, unplug, give yourself a break. And you'll be shocked. Most people probably won't even notice that you're not checking your email and the world will carry on without you, even if you're disconnected from it for a couple of days. So yeah, that's the one, two, three rule that we recommend for people. I love that. And can you share a little bit, you know, for those people who are like, I can't possibly take three weeks off. I know that you said most people won't notice, but can you kind of cement the benefits for us so that people understand why this is so important? Sure. I think that it takes a certain period of time for you to actually decompress and uh, let go of your habits. So even in the first week, I'm sure many people can identify with the fact that, you know, if you go away on vacation for a week by day four, five, six, you know, you're starting to feel good. Uh, And then you've got to go home. You're like, Oh, back to the grind again. If you're lucky enough to go on a two week vacation, the second week you start to really get into it and feel awesome. And your brain starts to come back to life. You have these new ideas that pop into your brain. If you're lucky enough to take a three week vacation, which I did about a year ago, um, it was spectacular. Uh, went to Hawaii for three weeks and just spent some time in and around and on the the ocean. Um, in the third week, my energy was back. My eyes were clear. Judith and I, you know, our relationship improved because we weren't exhausted because we got two little kids. So yeah, I think that, that, that just giving yourself that time to decompress the time to recover is so critical. I know many, you know, there's many entrepreneurs that are, that are listening to your, to your show people that, you know, have many things that they're responsible for in their lives. And the interesting thing about taking a real vacation and really unplugging is it forces you to implement systems where other people or technology can do your work for you, which is really important because ultimately what you want to be able to do as you grow a business is take yourself out of the day-to-day operations and move yourself into more of a strategic leadership role where you're thinking, not doing Um, And so when you do take those vacations, you've got to put on the auto responder alert, you've got to delegate, you've got to automate. And it's through those delegations and automations that you free up your time, that you can then keep liberated once you get home so that you can continue to elevate what you're doing, um, and add more, more of what makes you energized and happy and joyful, and a little bit less of what can be done by a, a computer or someone with a different set of skills that may love doing the things that you're not particularly great at. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because I'm actually planning next year to take three weeks off in June. And my whole uh, reason for that is similar to what you just described. I want to have kids at some point. And so I want to make sure that our business is set up so that I can actually have time off And so we're doing all these little test runs where it's like, first, we're going to do a week and then we're going to keep building till my team is confident and we've dialed in, you know, all of their systems and processes and we know what the questions are and we know what things could possibly come up that only I can handle. And so I think it is really important not just to think about it from a health perspective, but what would be the positive results of you taking that time off in terms of the systems that you put in place, all the things that would then be taken off your plate, not just for the three weeks, but going forward. 
Exactly. And we can do that. Think about that, not just from a personal perspective, but also from a, um, sorry, not just from a business perspective, but from a personal perspective too, right? Like what can we automate in our lives? What can we delegate? How can we use apps like Calendly to control our, our schedules and protect time? How can we automate invoicing, for example, or automate bill payments? Like there's so many things we can do now using technology that save us time and finding those systems makes a, a huge difference for us. One of the reasons why we decided to move for six months is just to break apart our routines and simplify and eliminate everything from our normal lives so we can rebuild from scratch. So I'm really interested in the idea of reimagining the future right now, not necessarily returning to normal as we emerge from this COVID-19 situation that we're, that we're in. So I think there's some tremendous opportunities for us to do things differently and to give ourselves permission to craft a life that we want to live and to deliberately control things. Now, if there's anything that the COVID-19 pandemic taught us, especially in the first three months was that, you know, just think about how fast the world pivoted to virtual meetings. That would have taken us five years. You know, it took us five weeks and now everyone knows Zoom, you know, Google Meet, Microsoft Teams, like you name it, everyone's proficient on all of these different platforms so we can communicate with each other. And so anything is possible, really. Really, humans are incredibly adaptable. And um, I think sometimes we overestimate, and this is hard for me as someone with a massive ego, um, Someone sometimes I think we overestimate how important we are when in fact other people in our teams and our communities can do some of the things that we think only we can do. And in fact, are begging for the opportunity and the growth that comes along with taking on some of those opportunities. And in my family right now, that's my kids, like my daughter's 10 and she's loving being given some responsibility at the moment. And so, you know, we're, we're sort of leaning into that. And certainly my team in my company, I'm definitely doing that as well. Letting go of some of the things that I've, maintain some pretty close control over, but allowing my team to make some more decisions and it's liberating me and they're loving it. So lots of things to do, just liberate your thinking and craft a a beautiful life for yourself um, moving forwards. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love how, you know, more and more people, like at the beginning of your book, you have this quote from, I believe that he's the founder of Reddit. Um, More and more people are talking about how it's not actually sexy to run yourself into the ground and experience burnout. Like he says here, this idea that unless you are suffering, grinding, working every hour of every day, you're not working hard enough. This is one of the most toxic, dangerous things in tech right now. It has a I don't even know how to say that word. It has a deleterious, deleterious effects and not just, uh, not just on your business, but also on your well being. And I think it's so great that people are speaking out and it's not, you know, cause gone are the days where people, um, want to be working those crazy hours and they are starting to understand what the effects are on their health and that, there won't be a business if they keep operating in this way and there won't be a movement and they won't have the impact in the legacy. And so I think a lot of people are starting to finally get it, but I'm so glad your book is out there because I feel like it makes it so doable for everyone to at least take one step and, you know, shift that 1%. And just think about it. Like, do you want to be working for a stressed out, anxious, burned out leader? Or do you, be want, do you want to be working for someone that's calm, cool, collected, and energized? Do you want to 
you know, do you want to be buying products or services from someone who's stressed out of their mind and burned out and fatigued? Or do you want to be engaging with someone to build a partnership where, you know, they're energized and you can leverage their energy and, and build off of that? Similarly, like as a dad, do I think my kids want to hang out with me when I'm tired, burned out and stressed? Absolutely not. They want to wrestle me. They want to run up and down stuff. They want to jump and play. Like you need energy. And the only way to get energy is to recharge. It's like a car. You know, you drive a car, you stop, you plug it in and you recharge it when we're thinking about electric cars, right? Like you're, you're a battery. You need to recharge the batteries from time to time. And that comes from sleep. That comes from amazing nutrition. That comes from getting the trainer and doing the workouts that comes from massage therapy that comes from doing the foam rolling that comes from doing the meditation. And it's all of those practices, which elevate our life and give us so much more energy in the end, even though it feels like we're losing time when we actually do them. Like, Oh, I don't have time to work out. The reality is if you don't have time to work out, you need to be working out to get that time back. So um, anyway, yeah, that's, that's great. I'm, and I'm glad that you've gone in the direction that you've gone because you've got such a, a powerful community of people that engage with you. Hopefully they can come along for the ride and, and learn from all of the amazing things that you're doing as well. Yeah, I was even told yesterday that now that I'm a self-care expert, and I'm laughing saying that out loud, <laughs> somebody asked me, what would you recommend? Like, what would be one thing that you feel would be the difference maker if I'm just kind of getting started on this journey to improving my health? And my initial response was protect your sleep, because that was the main thing that I focused on in the beginning, because I know I have a tendency to try and do everything at once. And so I was like, okay, so what is the one thing that's most important for me right now? But I don't know if that's scientific proven. So I'm curious to know what your response would be. Um, I would probably say the same thing. I always have said the same thing. I'm like, start with sleep. When you're sleeping well, you'll have more energy. If you have good sleep, you'll be able to make better decisions around food. Once you start making better decisions around food, you'll have the energy to be able to do workouts. When you're exercising, your mental health will improve. When your mental health improves, you'll have enough. Um, how do you say that? How should we say this? You'll have enough sort of overall relaxation in your life to be able to improve your sleep. And then you'll be end up on this positive exponential, what we call the ripple effect. It's the original book that, that I wrote a few years ago. And so it's just that, that first step is really, you know, I would say sleep, but the reality is it can be anything. You know, I've had spoken to people who are smokers before and they're like, what do I do? How do I quit smoking? I was like, just start working out. They're like, well, what about smoking? I don't even worry about smoking. Start exercising. Because if you exercise for six weeks, you're not going to want to smoke anymore. You know, and similarly for people who are like, I need to lose percent body fat. How should I change my nutrition? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you should just start meditating. Let's let lower your stress levels a little bit. And once your stress levels are lower, maybe we'll be able to access a little bit more energy so you can start exercising a little bit more. Then once you exercise, then you're going to feel better and you're going to want to eat better so that you have more energy to exercise even more. So, I don't know. I really think that it, it, to some extent, it doesn't matter where you start. You just have to start. And we want to be doing micro changes consistently. The idea of being 1% better every single day compounds over time. And then you won't even recognize yourself in a year if you're able to do that. And, you know, we all know that compound interest is, you know, saving $20 a month for a long time is a really easy way to get rich. If you continuously do it, leveraging compound interest, well, our bodies are exactly the same way. 
know, if we leverage compound exercise, compound nutrition over time, 1% at a time, which is only 15 minutes of your day, uh, amazing things can occur if we do that consistently and keep, keep at it. Thank you for sharing that. In our final few minutes, I just want to ask one more question about the concept of doing less to achieving more. And for me, if you would have asked me even just a year or so ago, if I believed that, I probably would have said no. But now I'm really obsessed with this idea of simplicity and not necessarily, you know, releasing new programs and courses all the time, but being really good at rinsing and repeating things and fine tuning our launches and making things more systematized. But can you share your perspective about why that's so important and why you'll achieve more by doing less? Yeah, for me, it's all about creativity right now. And it's about providing myself with the time and space to do the things that I love to do. And I'm pretty busy. I've got a lot going on. You know, I've got a lab at SickKids and, and pub- still trying to publish research papers from data that we've collected. Um, you know, writing an- yet another book. Uh, you know, busy family life, consulting practice, like we're, we're pretty, pretty swamped. And I find that the, the less that I do, the better I get at those few things. And if I look back sort of historically at my, my own life and everything that I've done in my life, and I was to, you know, go back and tell my 20 year old self something, I would, I would go back and say, look, just lean into everything just a little bit more. I've had a great life, love everything. No, no real regrets, couple mistakes here and there, but like no real regrets about anything other than I think that I probably could have just leaned into being a swimmer a little bit more. I could have leaned into being a graduate student just a little bit more. I could have leaned into being a postdoctoral medical researcher just a little bit more. Like, I think that that's really, really the game. So when we do stop doing things, when we simplify our lives, we open up time and space that gives us the opportunity to either drop in new interesting things or new interesting people that elevate us. And that new thing could even be a new practice. It could be a new book. It could be a new program, a new way to serve other people. So yeah, lots of different things that, that we could do if we actually slow down the end result beings that will exponentially improve in the future. Yeah. So the one thing I loved about what you just said is also that, you know, when I think about masters, they have practiced something over and over and over. And that's how they became masterful. They weren't trying to do every single thing under the sun and stretch themselves too thin. So I absolutely love that. And then the final question we ask all of our guests is what would you recommend our listeners do to create a life that's better than their dreams? What is one way? One thing that you can do to create a life that's better than your dreams, I would just even be like, create a life of your dreams. Um, I would say that the one thing that I'm working on right now, which is helping tremendously, is the idea that I learned from Robin Sharma, that clarity precedes mastery. And so unless we know what the life of our dreams is, then it's really hard to move towards it. And I think a lot of us, don't really give ourselves again the time and space to do the journaling or the writing or the goal or the dreamscaping that's necessary to craft a vision for where we want to be going. And I mean details. I'm like in five years to the penny, how much money do you want to have in your bank account to the minute? How do you want your days to look like to the pound? How much do you want to weigh? 
um, you know, what do you want your relationships to look like very specifically? What kind of vacations do you want to be taking? What kind of work do you want to be doing? Exactly, right? So when we really drill down and to absolute you know, precision define what it is that we want from our lives, I think it becomes easy to then direct your attention and energy towards where you want to be going. So yeah, that's the whole clarity precedes mastery thing. So if you're going to do one thing, I'd get really clear about where you want to be going in your life. And that could be massive for you in all aspects of what you do personally and professionally. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think some people will probably be like, well, what if I don't know? And I would challenge that because I, I, I believe people do know it's either that we're not scared or we're too scared to admit it. We're worried that if we say something or set a goal and we don't achieve it, we're going to be disappointed. So like remove all of that junk and just get clear about what it is you actually want, because you're much more likely to achieve it and reach that goal if you actually are honest with yourself. And like you said, if you get super specific. So thank you. No worries. And it's even that we can take it you know, further based upon what you just said. Um, if they may say like, I don't know, or they're afraid of what, you know, could come out of it or, you know, all these other, the chatter that goes on in your mind, the game really is that you want to liberate yourself from what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter what anyone thinks of your goals, your, your dreams, your passions, your pursuits. It doesn't matter what your parents think. It doesn't matter what your, um, even what your loved ones think like you, this is your life doesn't matter what your coworkers think. doesn't matter what the market thinks. I mean, to some extent, it sort of does. If you're trying to sell something, the market will decide if it's good or not. But at the same, we, the ultimate game is we liberate ourselves from all external validation of what we want to be doing, thinking, saying, and being in our lives. So you are absolutely correct that, you know, we may, we may actually really know where we want to go, but we don't go there because we're afraid of some form of external judgment or external validation. And it's when we eliminate all of that external nonsense that we're able to actually move in the direction that we really want to move in for ourselves in our lives. And that's when we really start to get happy, when it becomes easier to access joy, when you stop caring about what people say on Instagram, something I'm still struggling with, (laughs) <laughs> but you know that basically that's what we're what we're where we're trying to go. So I love the fact you brought that up and just wanted to reinforce it. That's great thinking. Totally. And even if the marketplace doesn't get what it is that you're selling, if you have confidence, like people sell crazy things because they're confident. So it really does start with you. 100%. If you want to learn about like a master too, like the the mindset approach of mastery, really cool thing for people to check out would be Um, Leonardo da Vinci's biography by Walter Isaacson, which I read a little while ago. And it's just, I mean, he's one of the greatest masters, you know, in in all of human history and to read about how he approached his art. You know, he only did 10, I think it was only 20 paintings in his entire life. One of which was the Mona Lisa, but which was also unfinished by the way, it was in his bedroom where he died. He was still working on it. Um, But think about that. Like, you know, Leonardo only did 20 pieces of work in his entire life. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's the level of precision that you could go to. That's the level of passion. That's the level of depth that you could get into. And, um, yeah, pretty cool ideas there. So that might be something for people to explore. Thank you so much. Awesome. So where can people find you, Greg? 
Yeah, you can check out my website, drgregwells.com. All my social media are at drgregwells. Podcast, just the Dr. Greg Wells podcast. We have a new app out now, which I'd love for people to check out if you want to. It's called Vivio. It's for Apple Watch and iOS. It allows you to track health and well-being and get some individualized, personalized tips. Uh, that's Vivio, V-I-I-V-I-O. Um, what else? And the new book is Rest for Focus Recharge. So if you want to check that out, that'd be great. I'd really appreciate it. Awesome. And I love that you're sharing all these projects that you're, you know, you're up to. There's really no excuse for people not to implement this stuff. You are a busy guy and you're doing it. So, you know, Dr. Greg Wells has the exact same amount of hours in a day as we do, everyone. (laughs) Thank you so much, Greg. I really appreciate you. Oh my gosh, Emily, it's so good to chat to you again. Huge hugs to James. Thanks so much for everything you guys are up to. And so great to talk to you again. You too. I hope you loved today's episode. I love Dr. Greg Wells. He is so inspirational and I really feel like he makes this super simple and doable for anyone. So definitely check out his book. It's called Rest, Refocus, Recharge by Dr. Greg Wells. And I want you to pick one thing to take action on starting today. Maybe it's literally ordering the book, but I want you to think about what we covered in this episode and what's going to make that 1% shift for you, that 1% improvement in your health or your energy or your sleep, and put it into action today. There's no time like the present. And if you know somebody who needs all of this material, send it their way. We love to have new listeners and subscribers at the I Heart My Life show, and we'd appreciate your support in that area. So until next time, I'm Emily Williams. Thank you so much for being a part of the show and I'll talk to you soon. We hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the I Heart My Life show. Take a second and leave a review. It would mean so much to us and we read all of them. And for further inspiration and life and business tips about creating a life that you love and achieving massive success, definitely follow us at I Heart My Life on Instagram and at I Heart My Life Now on Facebook. See you next time.